All right, all right, all right. Welcome everybody to the first episode of whatever the heck this thing is. My name is Sam and I will be your host. Um, this is a podcast. Um, I wanted to make something where I could talk about what I've been up to, what I've been learning, what I've been doing, and I think this is the best way to do it. Um, over the course of this podcast, I want to kind of focus on ideology. You, you've probably seen me talking about it before all over the timeline, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, and you're probably sick of it. So guess what? I am going to talk about it again in another format. Um, so if you don't care, then I guess you're not going to like this. But if you do, then you will. Um, so to begin with, I just kind of want to give an overview of you know, what ideology is, what I mean when I talk about it, um, and then I will uh, end this here. I'm not going to make a super long episode today, because I don't want to bore your pants off. Um, so, to begin with, um, I'm going to be talking a lot about a couple people, uh, Slavoj Žižek, Louis Althusser, uh, and Theodore Adorno. Adorno is going to be the main focus of this uh, podcast. Um, but to start out with, we will be talking about Mr. Zizek. Um, so, you know, first of all, why should you even care about this? Um, ideology is part of our reality. It is our reality. Um, it affects all aspects of our daily lives. And I think that having an awareness and being critical of this is very important. Uh, I think being, like I said, being aware of this, uh, first and foremost, is crucial to any sort of leftist project or theory going forward um you know and the and this is this is manifested in things as small as like the music we listen to every day um or you know on such a grand scale as like an election uh all of these things are influenced and impacted by the ruling ideology um so with the with the fall of the berlin wall you know a lot of a lot of capitalists, a lot of people, you know, very proudly declared that ideology is dead. You know, capitalism has triumphed over communism. Ideology is dead. We have won. I disagree. I disagree. I think that, if anything, that showed that ideology has become so entrenched in our daily lives that we don't even see it. You know, even, even if you're a capitalist or not, you just don't see it. It's just normal. Uh, and that's that's part of the genius of it. So, ideology is not necessarily something we just experience. Uh, it's something we're we're kind of always within. It is it is our reality, and we express it through language and our interactions. You know, the very things that we say and think are all geared towards this kind of governing ideology that regulates our lives. It doesn't even try to like hide anything because it doesn't need to. It changes the very way that we look at things, so we don't even it doesn't even have to like manipulate us per se. Um, so yeah, the idea that we lived in a post-ideological age is, is the greatest indicator that it's, it's become this entrenched. And, you know, I would say that the greatest example of this in practice is where, I mean, you can see this anywhere you look, right? People will say that there's no alternative to capitalism. Everything else is, you know, either too radical or, you know, it's been tried before and it failed 
or they simply just don't believe that there's any alternative at all. Uh, the only way to bring about actual change is just to do minor tweaks to the system, you know, kind of slap a Band-Aid on the, the bullet wound or whatever. Uh, they can't even fathom anything else. It's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism is the kind of, you know, fun saying about that. Uh, and this is so dangerous because, I mean, even people who claim to be, you know, like a leftist or on the side of anti-capitalism, will we'll often, you know, fall for these tricks. They'll, they'll kind of be taken in by this. They'll be like, oh, you know, I, I support, you know, anti-capitalism, but I really just want moderate change because I don't think it's realistic. This is the greatest trap of this notion of ideology, that there's no alternative, that, you know, capitalism is the only way forward. And, you know, this relates to this idea that ideology is dead because, you know, so-called communism has been vanquished. Um, but, but, you know, how is this maintained? I mean, surely if it's this easy to, to talk about it and define it, then more people would be aware of it and we wouldn't be having, you know, these problems. But when you understand ideology as the ground of our reality, you know, it, it complicates things. We have, we have institutions in place that, that serve to, install this into us from the very moment we become social beings. Um, and we're going to look at two prominent theorists uh, who write about this, Louis Althusser and Theodore Adorno. For now, I'm just going to talk about Althusser because I'm going to talk about Adorno in a few of the later episodes more in depth. Uh, so definitely stay tuned if you're interested in that. For, for Althusser and Marx, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface what I'm going to say with this. In order for society to exist and function as it does, it has to continually reproduce the productive forces, uh, which can be labor, the means of production, the conditions of production, and its relations, the relations between the worker and the boss, uh, and so on and so on. Um, wages ensure the reproduction of labor, the reproduction of conditions and relations occur via state apparatuses. And this is where Althusser uh, steps in. Uh, these state apparatuses serve to kind of implant the ruling ideology into the worker and perpetuate their exploitation. Um, and here we encounter this, this Marxist notion of the superstructure. Uh, so in, in Marxist theory, there's this, there's this sort of organization of society. Um, there's the base, uh, which is the economic base, where the workers, the material, and the relations exist. He calls this the infrastructure. Um, but on top of this, we have the law and the state, and then on top of that, we have ideology. So, you know, from the very get-go, we can see that ideology is king. Ideology is above everything. It influences everything below it. Um, and this includes laws, politics, values, views, and so on. Um, and the superstructure employs these state apparatuses to condition the life of the base. Um, and this occurs in two ways. Uh, the first is the repressive state apparatus, or the RSA. It, it includes the government, the courts, the police, the army. It represses the workers via violent or nonviolent means, often physically. Uh, and this, this state apparatus is directly controlled by uh, the ruling class. This is not sort of an abstraction. It is, it is very real material sort of apparatus. Uh, the second apparatus is the ideological state apparatus, or the ISA. Uh, this is the body that instills ideology into people. This is the more abstract uh, body 
it uses education, media, religion, social events in the family to, you know, promote and reinforce this control. Uh, but it's important to note that this occurs largely through these apolitical bodies, not, not you know, traditionally political institutions like the government, but rather through things like the family, more social or socialized groups. Uh, and it, it trains, you know, it, it's, its greatest tool here is education, right? It trains the student to become a laborer. It teaches them all these things to make them a better laborer so that they can extract more, um, more from them. All these methods serve to contain this, this ideological control. It renders existence in terms of exchange, too. When it's, when it's controlling these people, it is simultaneously commodifying everything. It is, it is rendering everything in existence in terms of money in exchange. And in doing so, it offers the, the neoliberal world order as the only option. But it's not, it is not convincing enough to try and portray itself as ideal. Uh, and I think that we can look to... Um, French theorist um, Alain Badiou uh, for some insight into this. He has this great quote um, that he gave in an interview um, where he says that we live in a contradiction. Uh, it's, a, it's a brutal state of affairs. It is profoundly inegalitarian. Uh, all existence is evaluated in terms of money alone and presented to us as ideal. Uh, to justify this, the partisans of the established order can't actually call it ideal or wonderful. So instead, they have to say that everything else is horrible. Sure, they say, we may not live in a condition of perfect goodness, but we sure are lucky that we don't live in a condition of evil. Our democracy isn't perfect, but it's better than the bloody dictatorships. Capitalism is unjust, but it's not criminal like Stalinism. We let millions of Africans die of AIDS, but we don't make racist national declarations like Milosevic. We kill Iraqis with our airplanes, but we don't cut their throats with machetes like they do in Rwanda. Uh, I think the, the, you know, the genius of this quote is that it, it shows how everything you know, relating to this neoliberal world order is viewed within this lens that it is the lesser evil. And we've heard this phrase so many times lately with this election, the lesser evil, the lesser evil. You know, sure, he may not be, you know, sure, Joe Biden may not be you know, uh, a raging fascist like Trump. But, you know, he still has a role in this. But he's the lesser evil, so we have to vote for him anyways. Even though Joe Biden is just as complicit in the evils of America as Trump is. It's just that he manages to portray himself as a nice guy. Um, so that's, that's about all I'm going to say for today. I didn't really want to overwhelm you know, anyone uh, to start out with. I just wanted to give a sort of overview of ideology. Um, I hope that in the future of this podcast, uh, both you and I can get something out of this because this is this is going to be like a learning process for both of us. Um, so if you if you enjoy this, if you like this, give me feedback. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kid Kairos. That's K I D K Y R O S. Uh, you can DM me, reply to me, whatever. Um, you can send me hate. I'll read that too. Um, but yeah, from for the next episode, uh, I'm going to start talking about more specific examples of this, such as music and media. Uh, the next few episodes will be about the culture industry, uh, music, and the role of Japanese noise uh, within this. Uh, so I think that would be pretty interesting. Um, I hope you guys will come back and join me for that. And yeah, thank you for listening. <laughs>